listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 12th of August 2021. Later, we'll wrap up all the big day profits, but first we'll focus on Telstra and my interview with its CEO, Andy Penn, on the economy, the role of telcos in spreading the safety message, and whether staff will be made to be vaccinated. It comes as the company posted a full-year profit of 3.1% increase to $1.9 billion It'll pay a total dividend of 16 cents per share and will also start a program of a $1.35 billion on-market share buyback. Andy, you've called this result a turning point in your financial trajectory. How so? Well, no, well th- thanks very much, Ricardo. I'll tell you why. It's because we foreshadowed that we had reached a point in the journey of Telstra and our T22 strategy when we could see a path to growth and Today, our results demonstrated that we saw underlying EBITDA in the second half of the year grow compared to the first half, and our guidance for next year next year puts that uh, underlying EBITDA growth in the mid to high single digits. We also saw NetPAC increase by 3.4% this year and earnings per share by 2%. So it clearly demonstrates that all the hard work that we've been putting in in our T22 strategy is paying off. So that T22 strategy, it pretty much meant that you streamlined the business. There are fewer plans, fewer employees, and a restructure and a sale of some of your assets. So what's left to do and how do you measure its success? Well, it's important that we finish the job on T22. Uh, It has been clearly successful today, but I think so many transformation programs fail to meet their full potential because people... You know, they get they get sort of bored with it close to the end. We're not going to do that. We're going to finish the job. We're going to finish the remaining pieces of digitisation. We're going to finish migrating all of our customers to the new technology stacks. We're going to finish putting our corporate restructure in place. But what that gives us is then a great foundation and great capabilities of which to announce our strategy for what comes next, which we will be doing in about five weeks' time. And with the leadership that we've got in 5G and the momentum we've got in the business, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, where do you see growth coming from? Well, first and foremost, our mobiles business. It's the it's the growth engine of the company. The mobiles market has been particularly challenged over the last uh, four years. Services revenues have been declining for the last four years across the sector. Um, we saw our EBITDA in mobiles grow 170 million in the year. However, importantly, it grew 290 million in the second half. So, mobiles is really important. Our continued cost productivity uh, is really important. We took out close to half a billion dollars this year, another $430 million in the current financial year. That'll get us up to a reduction in our operating costs of $2.7 billion. To put that in context, that's more than a third of our overall cost base that we've taken out, which is which is huge. And then, of course, we've got some exciting new areas of investment. Uh, we're launching our energy business shortly. We announced a couple of really interesting acquisitions in the health sector, Uh, literally only over the last few weeks as well. And uh, as I said, we've got some more work to do to continue to drive value from our infrastructure assets. I guess reporting season comes at an interesting time this year, not just good numbers from a range of companies and some great dividends and buybacks, but I guess it reflects Australia's position and the better than expected economic recovery at a time when the economy right now has stalled and much of the country is in lockdown. How concerned are you about the current situation and the economic outlook? 
Well, look, I think um, certainly COVID has been, you know, obviously very impactful for many businesses. And, you know, we're just fortunate at Telstra that we're in a business where our services continue to be in demand. If anything, COVID has highlighted how important that is. That's not to say we've profited from that. In fact, we've announced $600 million worth of uh, impacts on our EBITDA as a consequence of COVID, but our services are in demand. But look, it is really important, um, and I am concerned uh, regarding the recovery. Um, obviously, the drive on vaccination is really important, but I also think it's important that we start the conversation about coming to terms with the fact that we have to learn to live with this um, pandemic and have to accept higher degrees of infection that than we currently appear to be uh, able to accept, because even with vaccinations up at 70 or 80 percent, that's the reality. If we're going to lift restrictions, um, we are going to see more incidents of COVID in the community. And we need to learn how to manage that and how to deal with that and how to come to terms with that and how to keep people safe from the worst effects of it as a consequence. Andy Penn there, the CEO of Telstra. And I also asked him, given the organisation has a lot of front facing staff, if vaccines will be made mandatory. Well, first and foremost, I am absolutely pro-vaccines. Vaccines, whether it's, you know, for all sorts of different uh, situations, whether it's typhoid, cholera, tetanus, polio, they've been an instrumental part of making society safe, a place for us to all enjoy and, and to live. And, and that goes, I think, for the COVID vaccine as well. I don't think you can have a situation where you can um, demand or require somebody to have a vaccine because they have to take their own personal advice and personal um medical situation into account. But as you say, there are people who are in roles who come in touch with lots and lots of people, uh, whether they're field techs in the field or whether people working in stores or elsewhere in other workforces, and it's important that we make sure that we keep them safe and our customers safe. And so, you know, we are considering requirements uh, in those sorts of situations, and we're just working through some of the complexities of that at the moment as you're, you're sort of across uh, some of the legal things that, that go with that. But, um, you know, I, I think it has a role to play. Andy, COVID's also sped up the shift to work from home. And I remember reporting how Telstra became one of the first organisations to shift to work from home at the onset of the pandemic. What have you learnt from the whole experience and as an organisation, along with personally? Well, I certainly think the telco industry has a, an opportunity to do that. Um, as we did, As we already have done, you might recall, um, the, the stay safe, stay at home um, line that we had on the um, top of our top of our mobile phones. We we had that for a period of time. So, you know, it is a communications medium that we can use actually for the community. Obviously, we work with government and with the health authorities to make sure we're providing the right advice. But um, yeah, absolutely, I think there is a role to play. Andy Penn there responding to my question about what kind of a role. Uh, telecommunications companies have when it comes to spreading uh, COVID-safe messaging or any potential messaging on vaccines there. Okay, and Telstra shares today hitting a 10-year high, up 3.7% to $3.97. To the rest of the Australian share market now, which closed only a touch higher by 0.1%, 7,588. Grain Corp was one of the better performers, up 12 following a profit upgrade. AGL Energy, one of the worst, down 5.5% on its update. For more, I spoke earlier with Alex Pakoulis from Harper Bernays. 
Yeah, look, I think there are two things here um, that's, that's driving the positive outcomes. I think firstly, it's um, they've reaffirmed their medium term aspirations and, and, you know, to your point there. Um, and so that's getting a positive response. And the second one is, and this, this was really the big surprise today, is mobile ARPU. Um, average revenue per user in mobiles up 1.3%, but that includes a decline in international roaming as well. So if you X the international roaming out, mobile ARPU is very, very strong, um, and that's really surprised the mark on the upside. Okay, a few positive results out today. Which one's caught your eye? Yeah, so look, there's a couple of things catching my eye today. The first one is in the banks. The banks have had solid results, but as I said up front, um, CBA is a little weak today. What you've seen in the banks is positives coming through from a drop in their bad and doubtful debts line because of some write-backs of provisions they took before. The market's just starting to look through that now and say, okay, hang on, what's the medium-term outlook here? And um, what CBA pointed to yesterday, and this you're seeing this in NAB as well, is costs are still rising. And so on a pre-provision basis, profits are okay, but they're not growing that much. So it's not that exciting. Um, The second sector that's really catching my eye is insurance. Really strong results you're seeing from a number of players in insurance land. Uh, QBE up 8% today, strong beat. Insurance margin strong and gross written premium um, is strong as well, driven by solid insurance premium rates. Um, IAG is up 5% today on broker upgrades. And a couple of days ago, you saw Suncorp uh, reporting a strong result with cash NPAT, up 9% with provision releases, which you've seen coming through for the others. So the whole insurance sector is looking very strong at the moment. And I guess on the flip side, AGL didn't do so, so well. Why? Yeah, that's right. Um, And so the key thing for AGL is their FY22 uh, guidance. That is pointing to a 15% downgrade to consensus numbers. And really what's coming through here is lower wholesale electricity prices. And it's it's from a few factors. Demand is weak. Um, partly that's a stay-at-home phenomenon. Uh, you've had mild weather, which is which is impacting that, that demand profile. But you've also had roof, rooftop solar really starting to make a dent um, in demand. And that's something that, you know, is going to be ongoing. And it's part of the reason that that FY22 guidance is so weak. A point when we talk about profit reporting season right now, obviously that reflects this, the solid economic recovery we saw in the Australian economy coming out of COVID. But it's coming at a time where the economy's stalling and so many Australians are in lockdown. What does that all say about where the market's going to go, I guess? Look, so Ricardo, what you've seen so far from the market is it's looking through the lockdowns. And, you know, global markets are looking around at the success stories on what happens when economies open up. There's a built-in expectation that as we increase um, vaccination rates, the economy is going to open up. We know that there's an issue with the Delta variant, um, but nonetheless, the market is comfortable at the moment that economies will be opened up, people will be allowed to move around. And the data from all of the countries that have done that is that economic growth really takes a leg up when that happens. And that's why the markets are happy to look through this lockdown at the moment, um, you know, look through the, look, build a bridge to the other side, if you like, um, on the expectation that economic growth is going to be really strong coming out the other side. Alex Pakoulos there from Harper Bernays. Don't forget you can listen to this as a podcast on the SBS radio app, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 
This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. (laughs) 